Welcome to Now Hear This Entertainment, a podcast for fans of the guests who appear on this show, as well as fans of music in general, and a podcast for musicians, singers, songwriters, artists, entertainers who want to learn more to help them grow in what they're doing. I'm your host, Bruce Wozniak from Now Hear This Incorporated. Check out www.nowhearthis.biz. Be sure to sign up for the email newsletter there, which is quick and easy. All that's required is an email address. We are coming to you from Crystal Blue Sound Studios near Tampa, Florida. Check them out on the web at www.cbpro, as in Crystal Blue Productions, cbpro.net. Be sure you are subscribing to this podcast and telling your friends to do so as well. We are thrilled to be on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and SoundCloud. Lots of great guests on Now You Hear This Entertainment, or as I've taken to calling it, NHTE. Joining me today here in the studio, my guest is a singer-songwriter originally from the home of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, Cleveland, Ohio, and currently resides here in Tampa. She recently opened for Josh Turner, which was followed even more recently by performing out in Las Vegas. She has also been a performer at Busch Gardens Theme Park here in West Central Florida. She has also sung in bands that have opened for the likes of Rick Springfield and Brandy Carlisle and has sung backup for artists such as Mary J. Blige and Josh Groban. She's aiming to release an EP this year. You've been hearing one of her songs entitled Low and Dirty. It's my pleasure to welcome to the show the lovely Samantha Lee. Hello. Hi, Samantha. Hi. Thanks so much for coming to the studio today. I'm glad to finally have you on the show. Thanks so much for having me. My pleasure. My pleasure. Uh, low and Dirty. Good song. I, I, I like that. And, and I'm sorry to the listeners that I was talking over it so much, but Samantha, tell the audience about that song. Low and Dirty it will be my second single. It's not released yet. It'll be out very shortly. It's uh, one of the second or third songs I ever wrote a few years ago, and it's been revamped a few times. And my guitar player and my bass player helped me put music to it about three or four years ago, and now it's finally come to life in the studio revamped two or three times because you went through some life experiences or you just kind of your your music kind of changed and said I want a different sound what what caused those changes yeah the music the sound we liked it but it just wasn't I like to have all of my songs have like a punch like I wanted to stand out versus blending in with the crowd I guess per se so basically we've just revamped it with the band we play it one way and then the produced version is also revamped a different way. Plus, you're an admitted workaholic, which tells yes. me that you're a perfectionist. That is true. That is true. <laughs> so now that we've got that piece of housekeeping out of the way, what's going on, Samantha? Just just doing what you do, out performing a lot, singing with Paul McCartney. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> singing with Paul McCartney. Let she has, she has a big smile on her face, listeners. I wish you could see this. Let me just put a disclaimer on this first before you talk all about it. We already had put today's interview on the schedule long before this development took place. So in case anyone wants to hang the reaction tag on this episode, forget it. Samantha and I had had plenty, plenty we were planning to talk about, and we still will, before this little gem emerged. So new best friend of one of the Beatles. (laughs) The the local media here in Tampa have been talking about it. And I think the video that went viral uh, might have even hit TMZ. But we've got listeners not only 
throughout the country here in the United States, but around the world joining us each week for mm-hmm. now here, this entertainment. So tell the audience uh, all about your, and I, I, this is not even doing it justice. If I call it your brush with greatness. Oh my gosh, it's crazy. And I actually think it has gone to TMZ and I think it's gone on good morning America. Wow. And somebody told me they saw it on the web under a world news. So I wow. think it, it might have, it might've gone pretty far. We didn't really expect for this to happen, it was kind of crazy. We were hired um, to play at his stepson's graduation party. And we found out a few months earlier that it was for Paul McCartney's stepson. And so we knew that he was probably going to be there. And that was already exciting enough that we might get a glimpse of a mm-hmm. Beatle. Yeah. It's crazy. So um, you can imagine the excitement and the nerves going into that gig. Absolutely. You know, even if he didn't come up and say hi, he's hearing us perform, and that's insane in itself. So when we were there, he was the first one on the dance floor. He wow. like brought the party to life. We were like, <laughs> oh my gosh, this is so cool. He's having like the best time. And then he pulls out his own little handheld camcorder, and he's recording the party. He's recording the band. He's coming up and singing along with us. And we were like, oh my God, this is crazy. So we go to take our first break. And here he comes walking out, Paul McCartney, and he's like, hey, guys, how's it going? I would like to sit in a few with you guys. And we were like, "Uh, oh, my God. And he's like, do you know? um," And he named off a few songs and he was like, saw her standing there and. Our singer was like, I'm not sure if we know it. And I was like, what key? We can do it. And the band, they pulled up a chart and we just, we made it come to life. And and it just was insane. It was, my mind was blown the entire night that it was happening. It was surreal. You know, I know that it took place, like I said, here in Tampa, you can't get away from it. But I'm sitting across from you, listening and watching you tell the story. And and in this moment, I wasn't even there. And to me, it almost feels like so like not possible like this girl is sitting here talking about paul mccartney this the pieces just aren't fitting together so i can't imagine you know here we are we're recording this on a thursday and this just happened on saturday so yes. you must still be kind of coming out of the fog especially because all the local media have made such a big deal out of it and like i said and here's me it's like i wasn't even there and, yeah and, well it's also crazy too because we didn't expect it to blow up media wise we were just excited that it happened and and we posted what we had as a picture and video just to show our friends and be like this is crazy like we just hung out and sang and performed with paul mccartney sure and and I think the video that our band leader had posted on YouTube caught attention somewhere or another. And once that caught, then it just went and kept going viral. I want to clarify. We're going to keep talking about this, but I want to clarify first for the listeners. So Samantha said that she was performing with this band at this graduation party. But Samantha has her own band. This was just a separate corporate band. Yeah, they're that, called Phase 5. Yeah, that you perform with occasionally. Uh, but this was not the band that you that you're normally performing with. I wonder, is there a part of that whole Paul McCartney experience that no one is asking you about that that you would like to share on now here this entertainment? I mean, I'm sure I, I see everybody asking you the obvious questions, and I just wonder if there's kind of something that slipped through the cracks that you're going, boy, you know, I never have really gotten the chance in these five days to tell anybody about X, Y, or Z. Well, my favorite part of the experience, I mean, it's amazing that we performed with him and that 
you know, he was up there with us. But at the end of the night, me and our drummer, we were walking past him and, and he stopped us and he was like, oh, thank you. You guys were great. And we were like, um, no, thank you. <laughs> and he came over and he just like gave me this big hug. And I was like, like, what a nice guy. Like on top of him performing and just having a good time. But he took time out of his night as well to tell us what a great job we did and to like give us a hug. And it just was. Yeah, he didn't have to do that. He didn't have to do that. And yeah. that was just amazing. Well, here's here's what I imagine. It's humor me on this one. Humor me on this one. This is this is what I imagine it sounded like in your head as you were about to sing a Beatles song with a member of the Beatles. I'm about to sing with Paul McCartney. What key do we sing this in? I'm about to sing with Paul McCartney. Do I know all the lyrics to this song? I'm about to sing with Paul McCartney. It's his song. Shouldn't we just let him sing it? I'm about to sing with Paul McCartney. That's about how it went. And you know, <laughs> did he I come took close? that's pretty close. How did I do? <laughs> that was awesome. But at some point he just took the reins and and he had the microphone and he had my microphone. So, you know, our other lead singer was singing with him and I'm pretty sure that I grabbed some drumsticks at some point and started just drumming with the drummer and just dancing around cuz at that point I was just having a great time watching him do his thing with us. It, it was crazy. The listeners, if you see any of the, not necessarily the video, obviously, but if you see any of the still images that are out there, you're going to see Paul McCartney and then Samantha and then the male singer. And I want to put that emphasis on the fact that that really is Samantha. It's not the best photography because uh, she was telling us off the air before we started recording that this was really kind of environment where it was really discouraged. Like we don't want to see paparazzi and people with all kinds of phones and stuff like that. But the picture, you know, in fact, Samantha, you were the one that was actually closer to him uh, than the male singer. Mm -hmm. Um, And and there's a couple things that that you mentioned in there. I want to kind of start going in a a bit of a teaching direction here because we do use this show a lot for the up-and-comers who are listening to try to get tips from the guests as well as from the the Bruce's bonus segment every episode. So you said um, that he said, do you know, saw her standing there and the other singer started to hesitate a little bit and you jumped in and said, what key? Mm -hmm. Which I admire because that's kind of the determination that you need in the music business you don't ask questions, you, you know, it's kind of a, there's an expression out there, I'm not going to get it right, but it's kind of, um, basically the essence of it is, you know, to just say yes, and then figure it out later. Exactly. And so I love that you did that, because here is this gift wrapped opportunity that's being delivered to you. Yeah. And you're saying, as long as he can tell me the key, I'll figure it out. Yeah. And I well, because I knew the band was capable of it. The people that were playing with us that night are just incredible. And I knew if they knew what key the song was in, that we could pull it off. And we had never played that song before. So it was going to be, you know, a surprise if we could pull it off. Or I knew we could do it, though. So I was like, what key? We could do it. Yeah, because the other thing I wanted to point out that I pulled from what you said is you said we pulled up charts. Now, people have heard me preach on this show before that I'm not a real big fan, and Samantha and I will talk about this later in the show because we talked about this when I was out watching her perform last month. I I always talk about assistive devices and people bringing iPads on stage and all that because Mm -hmm. they want to cheat with the lyrics and stuff. But there's a case of where it's a great benefit for someone to have one at arm's length if need be because all of a sudden – Oh, let's just say, I don't know, Paul McCartney walks up to you and says, hey, do you all know, saw her standing there? What key is it in? Let's pull up a chart and let's put it on autopilot because we're pros and and we're going to have the right attitude going into it that we can do it and we're going to have fun. Exactly. And I knew that band, like I said, that was there today with Phase 5. 
was going to pull it off. So there was no doubt in my mind that we would get through the song with what we had there. And that's the benefit of, of playing with professionals. Exactly. Is you having the comfort level that all I got to do is worry about Samantha singing the song and those guys, they'll figure out what they need to do. This guy will, will know the bass line. This guy will know the, and, you know, right, right on through the band. It's got to exactly. be a huge comfort to you. Oh yeah. It's great. Uh, so needless to say, I, I would have to think this can only help your your already rising <laughs> stock to go even higher. Uh, as I said in the intro, you were, for all intents and purposes, just coming off what I imagine had to be a career highlight that uh, surprisingly has now been replaced. And, and I'm talking <laughs> about the huge boost for your career that was opening for Josh Turner. Yes, yes, yes. That was crazy as well. <laughs> uh, so for, for openers, I, I certainly want you to talk about the experience. But again, as a teaching moment for the listeners, I, I'm curious uh, how you got that opportunity. Um, basically, a lot of things in the music business, I'm sure people know, is a lot about networking. Um, you have to kind of get in touch with the right people. And um, once one person sees you perform, they can relate kind of how I've gotten on this show with you. You know, I knew Torian and Torian um, submitted me to you and you came and saw me. And it's kind of all how that works. It's a big web of networking um, in a sense. So um, we just knew the person who happened to be booking for that event. So we submitted our stuff and we were chosen. Outstanding. And so go ahead with the with the, the same fun we had with the Paul McCartney thing. Yeah. I mean, that, like I said, that was probably, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, that was probably the career highlight oh, up yes. until the McCartney thing. So so talk about the Josh Turner experience. I know, uh, and, and folks will be giving out her social media and everything. If you follow her uh, on Instagram, there is a picture of Samantha with Josh Turner. Mm-hmm. But um, please, this is this is your show, not mine. Tell, tell the <laughs> listeners about that. Well, it was an amazing experience. Once I found out, the first person I had to call was my dad because my dad's a huge country fan, and, and it was awesome. I was like, Dad, what are you doing April 12th? And he's like, I don't know. I was like, well, you have plans. And he's like, oh, yeah? And I'm like, yeah, you're coming to see your daughter open for Josh Turner. <laughs> and he was just like, no way. Oh, my God. I'm so proud of you. And it was just, that was exciting in itself, just being able to tell my dad, because I knew how excited he would be, but... Um, it was awesome because a lot of my family is still in Ohio and my mom and my grandma and my cousin and a bunch of people had come down for that. So I got to share that experience with my family as well. But the day itself was awesome. We got there early and we got to watch their band do their sound check, which was awesome to see like actual professional, you know, artist musicians up close and personal, seeing how things are done and taken care of. And, um, opening was just awesome the crowd was amazing and then staying after in vip to get to meet him and then watch him up close perform is just once in a lifetime it's amazing and was this your show did you do covers originals or a mix of the two and for that matter was it dictated to you this is what you will play or did they say we we don't care play whatever you want um we did a mix of covers and originals and it was kind of dictated that way they they like you know to people in the audience to kind of know some of the stuff that you're doing and then also present the original material that you have as well cool cool i am bruce warzniak and joining me today here in the studio is the wonderfully talented singer songwriter samantha lee check her out online at www.samanthaleemusic.com and that's spelled l-e-i-g-h she is also very active on social media, everywhere from Facebook to Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram, 
Plus, she's on Reverb Nation 2 and on SoundCloud, for those of you who listen to now hear this entertainment on there. And you can check out her music on iTunes and Spotify. As I said in the intro, she is outperforming a lot. So keep up with her online to see where and when you can go see her live. Be sure that you're also checking out www.nowhearthis.biz, that's H-E-A-R, and sign up for the e-newsletter there and subscribe to this podcast and tell others about it too. Subscribing is free and it makes it very easy to get the show every week. It will just download automatically when a new episode comes out so you don't have to go looking for it. If you are a new listener to the show, please do check out some of the prior episodes of Now Hear This Entertainment. We've had a lot of great guests along the way so far. Go ahead and use the social media buttons on nowhearthis.biz to like the Now Hear This page on Facebook and or become a Twitter follower. Uh, In particular, one very, very recent episode that comes to mind for the listeners that are uh, singers, songwriters, upcoming musicians and entertainers, episode 64 with Clark Nowlin, uh, he talked about the importance that Samantha said of, of networking and really uh, just taking every opportunity that he can to get to know as many people as possible and talked a little bit about some of the doors uh, that have opened for him. Uh, so we were talking about the Josh Turner gig and it helping your stock rise. In conjunction with that, you also got some great radio exposure through Bubba the Love Sponge, who our international listeners are probably not familiar with, uh, but talk about that whole development. Um, yes. So I actually had someone submit my song to their show. Um, her name's Patrice. And she, people can basically submit anybody's music or you can submit your own to the show. And they have this thing on Fridays called Unside Artist Review. And so when people send in songs, they'll play it. And basically, it's kind of like a gong style show. So they, they can either boo it, gong it, or if they like it, if three out of the four of them like that, they're supposed to invite you into the studio to play live. And when you play live in the studio, it's the same thing. It's a gong style. So if you're performing live and they don't like what you're doing, <laughs> you, you could be out of there in a few minutes. So, uh, Why do I think that you had also told me that you were also uh, on WUSF? Am I saying, am I 88.5. Right? Okay. Um, yeah, okay. WMNF. Uh, and, and, and what was it, was, was that related to the Josh Turner or no? Nope. We did that in December. We did, um, they have a musicians wanted thing on Sunday nights where they have local artists come in and play their original music and do a segment. Well, I know when you and I had talked about this previously, the, the bubble, bubble, the love sponge opportunity, I asked you then, how did that come to be? And, and you just said, I got lucky. Mm, yeah. <laughs> But, you know, what I'm getting at is I would argue that that, yes, you got to take it any way you can get it. But eventually you're lucky because you deserve it. And then when you get that opportunity, people see that, wow, this person really does deserve and need to be heard. So I I think, you know, that happened for a reason for you. Yeah. And the the actual live segment of that went extremely well. I don't know if anybody's listened to that show before, but. They're very raunchy and fun, and and you know he's been on Howard Stern radio and and stuff, so he has similar um, actions. But so we were prepared for them to say you know dirty, maybe kind of mean things, and for it to be funny. But you know they were they were blown away by us and the band, and and they loved everything we did. And I think they went to 
as far as to say that we are one of the best female wow. artists that they've wow. had on their show. So it was great. Yeah. And for the listeners throughout the U.S., because of Howard Stern, that's why I kind of figured that some of the people mm-hmm. listening might already know about Bubba, uh, whereas opposed to the listeners in the other countries and in Hopefully, all of you that are listening in the other countries know how grateful I am that you do listen to my show. Uh, but for your benefit, that's why I, w- I wanted to have Samantha talk a little bit more about who exactly Bubba is so that you understand mm-hmm. why it was a big deal. But I also wanted to pick out, you know, you said that you knew the type of show that it was. Mm-hmm. I mean, those of you that are hearing, the, granted, we have Samantha Lee fans that are listening to this episode because they follow you and they mm-hmm. want to hear your interview and keep up with what you're doing. But we also have people who are listening and being introduced to you for the first time because thankfully they're listeners of my show or they mm-hmm. found about this episode for some particular reason. Now, Samantha's a very attractive girl and and knowing what you're getting into when you go into Bubba, you know, again, this is still kind of a teaching moment because you have to kind of make that decision, even though you said a friend submitted it for you. You have to tell yourself, look, if I get on there, this is what I might be subjected to. And do I want my brand associated with that? And and how do I feel about that as a person? Am I am I somebody who's going to wilt under pressure, yeah. and, you know, or can I stand up and, and take it like a big girl and say, ah, oh, the guy, it's, it's his, it's his shtick. This, it's all in good fun. So you obviously had to make that decision. Wait a minute. Do I want to, you know, if it works out, do I want to go on Bubba? Yeah. And you know, the thought crossed my mind, but like you said, I am a big girl and I, I think I can handle a, a lot of that kind of stuff. And like you said, it's all in fun. And I knew that. And I even knew that if they booed us off stage, it would be fun and funny and, and it still would be a cool opportunity. So I wasn't really worried about anything like going badly. Yeah. There's, we don't need to get into it, but there's always that whole argument. People say that any publicity is good publicity. Yeah. So even if you had gotten booed off, that's that's a, a discussion for another time that mm-hmm. could go until the cows come home, as yes. they say. But that is a consideration. You yep. know, it's it's well, I could get on there and it could go badly, or I could just never get on there at all. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, a few minutes ago, I was plugging your Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, etc. I wonder, did your social media numbers spike following the Josh, well, I say the Josh Turner gig, but but for that matter, maybe even after the appearance on Bubba's show too? It actually spiked more after the Bubba wow. thing because um, if you've listened to Bubba Radio, then you know that he has a strong fan following. He's got his Bubba Army, as they're mm-hmm, called. Mm-hmm. And um, so basically during the show as well, in order to help judge, he has a, a live Twitter feed and people can tweet into the show, t- like basically saying what they think of the artists that are on there. And they had nonstop like Twitter positive notes about our performance and, and they commented on that a few times as well. And so after that, um, he also plugged all my social media. And, and from there, a lot of the Bubba fans have have found me and followed me as well. Outstanding. Mm -hmm. Certainly there has to be the hope that somehow the trickle down from the McCartney thing will as well. But I would almost, you know, I asked the question the way I did because you were opening for Josh Turner and you were on Bubba, whereas the McCartney thing, you know, you were there, as I mentioned before, performing with a band that is not who you regularly play with. Mm -hmm. The media people are not reporting on, this is the band that he performed with. And these are all the people who are exactly, exactly. Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't imagine that, that the McCartney thing would have the same impact. Yeah, and I well, I've done a few interviews. I did an interview for um, NBC News the other night, and we're going on Monday to do an interview for um, ABC Morning Show in Orlando. And so there's a couple of things. Well, they'll well, they'll get to know my name, but all in all, what I was telling the NBC News is 
this was all so unexpected anyways. And that experience is like one of those experiences that no one will ever have a like experience. So even if nothing came from that, you know, social media or fame or anything wise, that experience in itself was just enough. (laughs) If that makes any sense. But I will say this to the listeners, you know, this is why, I mean, here we go again. I I always find a reason and, and it happens very organically. Every episode almost every episode, I find a reason to talk about the fact that you never know who will be at one of your shows, as cliched as that sounds. And what I'm getting at is in this case, okay, Samantha said we knew that he was going to be there, but what came of it, she couldn't have anticipated. And what I'm getting at here ultimately is this is why you have to make sure that your virtual house is in order because all of a sudden something blows up and people do start, you're on Bubble the Love Sponge, you open for Josh Turner, people start hitting her website, her social media, and if it looks terrible, if it looks like it hasn't been updated in you know three months or, gee, this girl hasn't sent out a tweet you know in <laughs> nine weeks, yeah. people are going to look and go, oh, I, I don't really, you yeah. know, so you always have to have your house in order and always be ready to present yourself you know, with, with the first class image because you know, your name will be on the screen when they show you on TV and people can very quickly Google Samantha Lee and see who is this girl. And it's funny too, because like you said, you never know who's going to be somewhere and you never know who knows someone who can help you out. For example, when I was going to Jamaica a few weeks ago, we had a stop in Fort Lauderdale. We went to this little beach shop and as you know, Tortuga Country Music Festival was there a few weeks ago. So we were asking him, you know, about how the music festival brought in business for him and he was like yeah i actually know you know one of the guys from the record label who puts on tortuga and so my friend that was with me was like oh she's a singer let me play you her song and it was like plugging it right away and of course you know i'm turning red because i'm not really the one to be like look at my music look at my music yeah so um he like loved it and he's like oh my gosh i need to send this to my friend and so when I got back from Jamaica, I had messages from this guy from the surf shop saying, this is my friend. He's from a Records, huge record label. You know, I can't promise you anything, but he did say that he'll listen to your stuff. So you just never know. Yeah. The, the bottom line of the story is you just never know. The guy in the surf shop, you know. Yeah, absolutely. The guy around the corner, the guy in the, you know, you never know. What's yeah. going to take you to that next or, level? Or you're out playing on a Wednesday night when you just kind of feel like, I'm just not feeling it tonight. Yeah. I'm going to put it on autopilot. And that guy over there looks really kind of strange. He kind of looks like a creeper. And he's just been sitting there the whole night. And all of a sudden, you find out that that guy is a big deal. Or, or even if he just comes up to the end of the night and says, look, I'm throwing a big corporate event you know, next month. Can, mm-hmm. you come and, can you come and play for you know X large sum of money? You go, great. That guy? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Okay, now it's time for Bruce's bonus. This is a segment here on Now Hear This Entertainment where I take off my hat as podcast host and put on my hat as president of Now Hear This Incorporated, giving a helpful tip for the listeners that are musicians, singers, songwriters, entertainers who are out there trying hard to make a go of it. Today's bonus is don't criticize the place you're playing at, not on stage, not during your break, not on social media. At best, you can maybe get something off your chest about it to a trusted family member, but remember, this is their place of business, not yours, and they gave you a place to play. You've also got lots of other issues that you don't even know that they're dealing with without you complaining about some aspect of their facility. And that is today's Bruce's Bonus. So in case I haven't been clear for the listeners, this is all you do. This is all I do. So in fact, um, so much so that in March... 
you only had two days off the whole month. <laughs> so <Yep. laughs> what, what I wonder is what made you be able to go full time into music? Because certainly there are a lot of indie artists listening who say, that's what I want to do. But, you know, how and when can I tell the boss, take this job and shove it? So so what made you be able to go into music full time? You know, I started out when I was 18 here, when I moved here from Ohio, and um, I just happened to audition for Bush Gardens, where I've been working for the last <laughs> 10 years, on and off, and it's been great. But just from that alone, I got offered to sing at a gig, and then from that gig, I was you know, referred to this other gig. And basically, it, it's been a long trail of people recommending me for this or people hearing about me through this. And I say it's luck, but like you said, you work hard and you, you're professional and, and people are going to you know, make you go a long way. Interestingly, before we started recording, I told Samantha that there's such a long list of questions that I wanted to talk to her about today. I knew the McCartney thing was going to kind of change the way we went, but I, I, I left this one on the cutting room floor, but I'm going to bring it back in after all. Do you want to talk just a little bit about, about the whole Bush Gardens experience? Because I know there are people out there that kind of look at that as an inroad, especially if you're just out of college and you say, okay, look, I want to perform, but where can I perform? And mind you, it's not that easy, man. I know that, yeah. you know, the, especially the high profile theme parks like the Bush Gardens and obviously mm-hmm. the Disney's of the world and Six Flags and things like that are very difficult. But I mean, I, it sounds to me like you're here to say that it's been very beneficial to you. Yeah, it's a great growing place. I think I feel like I've grown a lot with learning to perform, you know, different genres of music, performing while dancing, and and just getting you know a handle on being able to sing vocal harmonies and stuff. So it's just been a great like growing, growing place for someone to start out. Like you said, if they're coming from school or college, it's it's a great place to start out, and it's a great place to work as well. Now, was Bush Gardens your first? foray into dancing or did you already have some dance background growing up i was in cheerleading and gymnastics so i kind of had a little bit of movement with the cheerleading aspect but never full-on dance until i worked at bush gardens and were you resistant to it initially and thinking dance i don't i'll happily sing for them but i i'm not a dancer yeah it was hard at first you know catching on to to some of the stuff but over the years you learn so much and then it just becomes second hand to what you do and at the same time, the tourists that sit in the audience and they marvel and they smile and they clap and this, you know, to them, you know, this is, this is professional performers that are giving them this great show and to you, mm-hmm. it's, I'm just going to work. And then later <laughs> on, and I, I imagine it, the honeymoon quickly wears off and it becomes that. Um, sometimes, but they change out the shows pretty regularly throughout the years and stuff. So you never get too bored or plateaued there because there's always something new for you to learn. Is it safe to assume that by and large, the overwhelming majority of the people performing, and I know you can't speak for the other theme Mm -hmm. parks, but Busch Gardens are all doing something else the way you are in music? Um, Not a lot of people. Some people have their own day jobs on the side and some people work at the theme park full time and that's just their full time job and they're moving up in the company in the theme park. And, you know, some people, a lot of people that work at the theme parks are really big into musical theater. So they do a lot of shows or musical theater, and they're trying to get into Broadway things outside of that as well. Very good. Very good. I'm, I'm not sure. I'm rapidly scanning the archives in my head, and I don't think in 66 episodes that we've really had anyone talk at any length about performing at theme park. I know 
the redheads, which boy, if, if I'm right about this, it's kind of scary, but I think it was episode 25. Uh, the redheads talked about doing some shows at six flags. I think it was in, I want to say Chicago maybe. Uh, but that was just kind of, we got booked to play like five days in a row and that was it. It mm-hmm. wasn't actually being a, a performer who comes into work every day. And, and how many day, how many days a week are you performing there? You know, about um, one day a week right now. There was a time about four or five, probably about five years ago that I, w- I was there five days a week for a short period of time. But right now I'm just there. For fun, you know, it's like a really cool place to work, like I was saying. So I don't necessarily need to work there as a job, but like I said, I'm a workaholic and I yeah. enjoy it, so I well, stay there. You, yeah, and you've and you've proven that it has many benefits, so it's a good place to keep your hand in mm-hmm. for, for a variety of reasons. I want to back up to, to the guy that I described that was sitting at the table that looked kind of creepy that turned out to be somebody. Th- those, those nights where you're at somewhere... What, what I'm what I'm driving at is because you are such a veteran performer of all kinds of venues and environments. I wonder what advice do you have for entertainers when they're out performing somewhere at a place where people are just talking and talking and ignoring you because they're more interested in eating and drinking and gossiping. You know, I've gone through those times as well, like you said, where you're just like, oh, I'm just turning it on autopilot tonight because no one's paying attention. And and those nights are hard that you struggle a little bit, but you have to, what I like to do is put things in the big perspective. There's so many people that would kill to be in your shoes, even performing in this bar where nobody's watching because they're sitting at a desk and they're you know, at home on the weekends practicing their songs, wishing they could be out there. So when you look at the big picture like that, you have to be, really grateful for what you even have even if you know that one guy in the corner is listening and nobody else is because they're all talking over you that one guy is enjoying you and he's there to listen to you so you have to kind of put it in perspective like that i love it i love it and and yet i must say i commend you because in this day and age of so many singers bringing an ipad or, or similar tablet up on stage with them so they can glance at the lyrics you actually told me why you feel so strongly about having the lyrics memorized instead of using a tablet up there. Mm-hmm. I feel completely disconnected from the song and from the audience if I'm even glancing at an iPad. You know, there are a few times where I've had to learn something last minute and I do have it close to me. But for the most part, I like to have completely everything memorized when I go into a gig because I like to be able to connect with the audience and and just actually perform. I feel like you can't really perform fully if you're staring at a paper or an iPad. Well, and I think I gave this out as a bonus on one episode, but you know, I know that when I went to see Samantha, she was very entertaining to watch. You know, she moves around on the stage. She interacts with the band members. You can tell that she's making good eye contact, trying to connect with the audience. And as I sat there watching her, if Samantha's focus was 75% into the iPad, I probably would have stopped looking at her and I would have looked down or I would have looked away and, and not really maybe given her my 100% attention. So you can see, mm-hmm. listeners, the trickle-down effect. And, and yep. that's, I think that's you know what you're describing is it starts with you. It does. It does. It starts with you. And that's what you said, too. If, if you're not engaged yourself as an audience member, then what reason do you have to come back or be a fan? And so it does trickle down because the point of music and performing is to connect with the audience. And if it's not your reason, 
that I'm not really sure why you're doing music. <laughs> <laughs> very good. Very good. I, I, I can't disagree with you. I am Bruce Warzniak, and joining me today here in the studio is singer-songwriter Samantha Lee. Check her out online at www.samanthaleemusic.com. I'm going to spell it for you, but as always, a reminder, you can just look at the listening device that you're hearing this episode through uh, if you're not able to write this down or look up her website at this particular time. It's L-E-I-G-H, SamanthaLeeMusic.com. She is very active on social media, as I mentioned before, everywhere from Facebook to Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, plus she's on Reverb Nation, and she's also on SoundCloud, for those of you who listen to now hear this entertainment on there. And you can check out her music on iTunes and Spotify. As I've already mentioned, she is out performing a lot, as you can tell by the conversation. So do keep up with her online to see where and when you can go see her live. She's not just here in the Tampa area. I mentioned during the intro that she was out performing in Las Vegas a few weeks ago. Be sure that you're also checking out www.nowhearthis.biz. That's H-E-A-R. And sign up for the e-newsletter there and subscribe to this podcast and tell others about it too. Friends, family, neighbors, coworkers. Subscribing is free and it makes it very easy to get the show every week. It will download automatically when a new episode comes out so you don't have to go looking for it. If you are a new listener to the show, this is episode 67. Please do check out some of the prior 66 episodes of Now Hear This Entertainment. So far, I already mentioned Clark Nowlin and the Redheads. We've had a lot of great guests along the way so far. Go ahead and use the social media buttons on nowhearthis.biz to like the Now Hear This page on Facebook and or become a Twitter follower. Now you sing, Samantha, but you have told me that you're delving also into ukulele and guitar. I wonder how that's coming along. Yes. I've actually owned guitars for a lot of years, probably almost seven years now. And, you know, I was learning it a few years back and, and I had a slight accident with a football on my finger Uh-oh. <laughs> and um, I had a slight fracture in my middle first knuckle. So it's basically the same knuckle that you would need to, you know, play guitar with. And so that um, stopped me from practicing and playing for almost a whole year. And wow. so after that, I've just dabbled on guitar, and I've just recently picked up the ukulele, and I'm really enjoying it. We were talking before we started recording today. I wonder if you just tell the listeners a little bit about the instrument that you are so wonderful with, and that is your singing voice, mm-hmm. because the the proper care we've talked on the show before. Dominic Pages has actually been a guest twice on the show. I know he's talked about it, and, and we do try to promote. Uh, the importance of, of vocal health. But if you don't mind kind of retelling that story for the listeners, I think there's certainly a lot to be taken away from that and, and the importance of exactly what I just said, taking care of, of mm-hmm. that instrument. Yeah, so basically um, around the end of last year, I was having a couple vocal issues um, when I was singing mainly with my speaking voice after I would finish a long gig. My speaking voice would almost completely be gone. And I thought that was weird, but I wasn't losing my singing voice. And then towards the beginning of this year, I started losing my falsetto and my head voice. Um, And so at that point, I had made an appointment to go see an ear, nose, and throat doctor where they did a video of my vocal cords and and saw that there was no damage, but it turned out that I had severe acid reflux. Hmm. So um, we've been treating that for the last few months and... Um, like you said earlier, it's very good to stay completely hydrated as a vocalist and uh, 
get proper rest and, and warm up and warm downs after your gigs to take care of it as well. And no surprise listeners that Samantha and I have water at arm's length as, as even <laughs> yes, so much as, do. as we're doing this interview. Uh, for the record, episodes 56 and 8 listeners were the two that Dominic Pages appeared on. If you want to go back and listen to some of the tips that he got, gave out in particular episode 8, I know he was talking a lot about preparation for coming into a recording studio environment. Uh, listeners, wait, wait until you hear the song we're going to play at the end of today's show. What, what a voice on this girl. Uh, it, it, it makes me wonder, Samantha, on, on the topic that we were just discussing of vocal health, if you've ever had formal voice training. I actually have not had formal voice training. I've just recently taken a few um, vocal lessons when I was having some issues. But growing up, um, I've just kind of developed my voice naturally, as you would say. My mom was a singer growing up, so I've kind of learned a lot from her. As a result... You wanted to sing from a very young age, or, or am I making a big leap there? No, it's not a big leap at all. She would actually bring me on stage with her when I was like two and three, and I would <laughs> sing Patsy Cline with her, and I would go to little karaoke parties when I was like five and six, and then growing up in school, I was in choir and, and drama, and basically anywhere I could sing, and basically I've been singing professionally since I was 18 now, so almost 11 years. Yeah, so the, so the goal, in other words, has, has pretty much always been to do music and and now here you are to say you you met your goal you're doing it full time yeah there's a there's a video of me i think i'm like four ish maybe five and i'm and i'm singing the little mermaid on this little <laughs> stool that i pretended to be the little rock that she was singing on in the movie and i always pictured you know if i ever made it one day that that would be a cool flashback yeah, yeah, moment yeah. From growing up, <laughs> when they do when they do the documentary on uh, on VH1, <laughs> yeah, or on or on Palladia. So uh, I've mentioned a few times that Samantha is on Reverb Nation, and obviously you're the one that has total control of what goes on there. But I I noticed that it says for the genre uh, country slash pop rock. Mm-hmm. Is, is that still accurate? Does that need to be updated? Is that about where you feel you, you are these days? Yep, that's kind of, and you'll hear it in this last song, like you said. But it's definitely. Um, country with a side of rock. And I like to say it has a little blues in it as well. So the influence is, you know, I picked up on you saying Mm -hmm. that you would sing Patsy Cline with your mom. Yeah. Obviously over the years to to develop yourself, your own sound into what you call country or pop rock, uh, you know, who who along the way influenced you to to really kind of go in that direction? Because, you know, your voice, you could do so many things with it. And and Mm -hmm. obviously you've decided that's where you want to fall. When I was growing up, my favorite cassette tape to listen to, um, I had the Judd's Greatest Hits, and I would listen to that all growing up. But when people ask me my vocal, like musical influences, I always end up going back to Bonnie Raitt, Joss Stone, Susan Tedeschi, and Grace Potter. Those are probably hands down the style vocally that I'm inspired from. Okay. And, and, and of course, uh, speaking of your singing, we, we do want to give you a chance to talk about the EP that you're looking to release yes. this year. What, what can you tell the listeners about that project? Um, well, you've heard one of the tracks in the beginning, and you'll hear my single that's already released now at the end of this show. And there'll probably be about three more tracks on my initial EP. And, I mean, you can just imagine a fun, really exciting 
bluesy country album and something you can stomp your feet to and, and probably get up and dance to as well. And are you writing these songs all yourself? Are you co-writing? Uh, where are you recording? Who, are you self-producing? All, all those kind of questions. Awesome. Um, the songs that I already have um, recorded that you're hearing, I have co-wrote with my guitar player and my bass player, Tito Vallejo and Will Cecina. They're great and they've helped me work out the music and the hooks and all that fun stuff. And my EP is being produced by a guy in St. Augustine um, called Lucio Rubino and he's out of the Fish Tank Recordings and he's just amazing. He actually produces the entire thing himself, all the instruments, all everything, background vocals, and he's just one talented person. Now, once you actually have the, is, is there a projected uh, release time, by the way? There's not a an month, exact maybe. date, but I want to say by the fall. Okay. And, and once it's actually out, as I've been mentioning over and over throughout the show, you, I mean, I said you, you, you do this full time. You perform so much, but will there actually be a dedicated effort that this is my name of EP tour and I'm going out and I'm specifically going out to promote this? Um, I would like for that to happen, and that'll hopefully be the goal. I want to work with some PR and marketing people to work on a plan for when that comes out so it's not just, oh, I'm releasing this, now what do I do? I want to have like a path of what's going to happen once that's released, and that's probably going to be the holdup with the release date. I'm curious, you said that you're, you had some family that flew down here for the Josh Turner thing, which tells me that you still have family in Ohio. Mm-hmm. Do you ever go back and perform there? Um, I did do uh, a show or two there a few years ago, um, and I have a song that's probably going to make it to the EP. It's called Ohio Days, and it's about growing up in Ohio, and my family is obsessed with that song, and they think that if I record that song, (laughs) that it's going to take off in Ohio or or something like that. So um, the goal will be to do a lot of stuff up there as well, because it is my hometown, but we'll see. Yeah, that's where I was going with that. Well, uh, as promised, we are going to close today with your song, uh, Devil in Red Shoes, uh, which, by the way, listeners, she mentioned that's already out. You can purchase it from iTunes. Uh, So, Samantha, before we let you go, tell the listeners what this song is about. This song is about a girl who wants to go out and have a good time and kind of be bad, but she has this little side of an angel, like, kind of speaking in her, saying, you probably shouldn't be doing that but then she has this devil on the other side being like what are you talking about you need to get out there and just have fun go hang out with these guys have a few drinks and have fun and it's that inner conflict the whole song and i'm curious what inspired the song is it i just made it up myself is it oh i had this friend of mine that's the way she was or or is it i'm making too much out of it and you just (laughs) it actually came from the music side first i was listening to an old rockabilly album and um there was a, a fun little like just clapping beat and i and I just took claps on a recording and just had claps and then started making a melody to the claps. And then I ended up writing this whole song in one day, which is the quickest I've wow. ever written a song. I, it takes me a while sometimes when I'm writing. So, yeah, I was really proud of this one. And I'm really proud of how it came out in production. Outstanding. Outstanding. Well, thank you so much. Really enjoyed having you here today. Thanks again for coming in. Thank you so much for having me. My pleasure. I will close, as always, by formally thanking my guest. Today we heard from singer-songwriter Samantha Lee. Visit her website at www.samanthaleemusic.com and then also engage with her on social media. All those likes and follows contribute to the cause and they help her star continue to rise. So find her on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram. 
as well as Reverb Nation. I even mentioned that she's got music on SoundCloud also. Be sure to also purchase her music. The single you're about to hear, we just mentioned, is on iTunes. Keep up with her live dates so you can make plans to go see her perform in person. Don't forget to visit www.nowhearthis.biz and sign up for the email newsletter there by simply putting in your email address. That's it. Just one field to complete. And of course, please do subscribe to this podcast and tell your friends about it. Give us a nice review on iTunes or Stitcher Radio too, hopefully accompanied by a five-star rating. That really does help the show a lot. If you are listening on SoundCloud, remember that you can like and share episodes there. And you can also follow on SoundCloud, which is just like subscribing. Let's get your feedback on the show, too. Post your comments or questions on the Now Hear This Facebook page. There are links to it and Twitter and even the Now Hear This official YouTube channel, all on nowhearthis.biz. Or send us an email. The email address is on the contact page of nowhearthis.biz. We have been recording this show at the great facilities at Crystal Blue Sound Studios near Tampa, Florida, Check them out online. They have a great new website. It's www.cbpro.net. That's CB as in crystal blue. Thanks for listening. We'll send you out today with another song from Samantha Lee. This is the one she just talked about. It's called Devil in Red Shoes. <laughs> well, devil just appeared. Some whispering in my ear. Telling me things I wanted to hear. I knew it wasn't right. Should have been listening to the other side But there's no angel with me tonight So bring on the boys, bring on the blues Because tonight there's nothing to lose Cross on the lines, break on the rules Tonight I have the devil in red shoes One shot, two shot, five I'm feeling pretty lit on fire This boat said, do you want to go for a ride? So I said, what the hell? And we have to be surveilled